Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by using your gifts and talents and willingness to serve. I have a special guest today, Bina Bendale. Bina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm just delighted. Uh, you know, I've had the chance to visit you before on my other uh, other program, and so I'm, I know a little bit about you, yeah. but the listeners to this show won't. So why don't you tell us, like we, we were just talking ahead of time about some of the challenges of life and you've got mm-hmm. kids and everybody that's got kids has got, you know, the challenges of growing up, particularly in today's wacko world. Tell me, uh, tell, tell me how you add good to the world. So, well, thank you for inviting me. I, yes, we've had multiple conversations. It's always been a blessing to have a conversation with you. So I appreciate that. Oh, well, you're welcome. I'm delighted to have you. And what I really do and what my true passion is, is I help parents with special needs. And unfortunately, yesterday we were supposed to have a conversation, which I had to cancel on because one of my kids decided to get in trouble at school. and. It really just shows, I still showed up on this call. I was very honest with you. I was like, I am so sorry. I'm not in the place to be on, you know, any type of like podcast or anything. And here we are rescheduling it because my one of my biggest passion is being fully present with my children, no matter what. And all three of my kids have special needs. Um, my eldest is globally delayed. He is partially deaf and has fine motor, gross motor, speech delay, and oral, like oral delays in the sense of chewing. And he has been very special, Um, you know, growing up with him and watching him, you know, from birth to now has taught me a level of motherhood that it's just another level. And another level of patience and another level of how to love somebody and how to really communicate in a nonverbal communication. And my daughter has an eye processing disorder where she was actually only reading on one side or she only was visually seeing from one side, which was her right side. And after therapy, and I'm telling you, I'm a nurse, I've been a nurse for 18 years, left bedside, and I didn't know what any of this, I didn't, I was, this was a new world for me as well. And a lot of people always say, well, you're a nurse, you know what you're doing, like comes in. I'm like, <laughs> oh. it's like the biggest thing I always hear. It's like, you should know all this stuff. Like you, it's like, I'm like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm a nurse. I know how to save your life, but that doesn't mean I know all the details of everything in life, right? And then my youngest, who did get in trouble yesterday at school, he has severe ADHD and he's also autistic. So we have a wide variety of 
non-normal in our house. So I don't even know what normal is. Someone asked me, they go, what's normal? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> well, you know, when you tell me all that, my heart, my heart swells. I love you because you have mm -hmm. taken the choice to just to take this on head on with open arms and an open heart. I mean, it would be easy to be bitter or to say, you know, one, okay, like I, one of my brothers who is a doctor, OBGYN, by the way, a doctor for many years. He's now now retired, but he, he was a baby doctor in a small town in Wyoming, Torrington, for many, many years. And he had one child who had some special needs, and mm. he did some spectacular stuff with her. She learned to bake, and so now after he retired, he opened a bakery, and now they yeah. call him the bread doctor in Aww. that town. And I was at an event in Los Angeles speaking and someone else was, you know, speaking there, and we got to know him. And one of the members of the staff, we got in a conversation. It turned out they were from Wyoming, and they mentioned the little town. And I said, really? My brother? Da, da, da. And she said, oh, the bread doctor. So oh, she knows all good. about it. But anyway, I just really wanted to, to um, love on you for, for just the open-hearted and powerful way that you go after this awesome opportunity in the way you're doing it instead of this horrible burden. So bless your heart. Yeah, it's really difficult. And, and, and anyone who has a child with special needs or a child with special conditions would understand is that the minute somebody gets diagnosis, it's like that fear kicks in, right? And then the mom guilt kicks in. And this might be true for some people and some people it may not be. I can only speak my truth. And I can only speak what happened to me. And if it resonates with you, then, you know, I please come contact me to share. And the number one thing was like, it's that guilt that comes in for me. And what did I do wrong? Maybe I ate something wrong during pregnancy. Did I not sleep enough? Did the, was during labor, did something occur, right? And all these different things of possibilities come into your mind and- it really took me a real long time. I went through a really dark place. I went through severe postpartum with all three of my children. I don't think I ever recovered after Rohan's postpartum. I think it just, after my kids came up, it just kind of multiplied. And it was like, when I look back, even when me and my husband, we talk about this, I go, how did we do it like back then? Like, how was it three kids under three I'm working and they all wow. have some special needs. My younger two are only a year apart. So I was that person that was pregnant for two years. And, you know, it was a rough patch. And my husband traveled a lot. Like, I mean, he traveled a lot. And I was home a lot alone. And I love my husband. He is my rock. He is the whole reason why I'm where I'm at today. I would not be anywhere of where I was like if it wasn't without for if it wasn't to be without him. And there are just days when that dark moment of when all three kids are crying, everyone needs something. And you just the isolation can overpower somebody. So like it's it can overpower. And I just want to be able to let everybody know that I hear you. I feel you. And it does get easier, but in that moment, the number one thing I tell people is learn to ask for help, but learn to ask for the correct help. <laughs> so, know? 
I, I want you to go on and talk more about that, and I'll, I'll have you do that in a sec. Yeah. Um, what a sweet thing. So, so how do you, what, what does correct help mean? How do you know? Like, if I heard that, I would say, okay, she's encouraging me to ask for help, but ask for correct help. Oh, crap. What's that? Yeah. You know, like, oh, no. So tell oh. me more so that we defuse because I thought, oh, no, I might ask for the wrong help. So go there on. Is. There is. So a lot of people, and the best way I can explain this is they ask for grandparents for help, right? And sometimes with grandparents, they have help, they do things. But what happens is that then they want to do the grandparent way and not the mom way. Like you're learning as a mom, you're learning as a parent. And here you are having outside influence as like, do it this way, do it that way, which is overwhelming as a mother already, but it's already more overwhelming as a mother with special needs. Well, so, I guess. And so what I say is ask for help in a way where somebody is going to listen to you. Somebody is going to listen to your direction and listen to what the needs that you need to that needs to be met and how systematically you want to present with your child because you know your child the best. Now, I'm not saying grandparents are bad. I'm not saying don't do that. If they're willing to help and willing to listen to what you need instead of overpowering going, well, see, I told you not to do it that way. You should have the dishes done and have this done and comes in. Or having somebody there that's when you are present with your child, Right. Somebody comes in and does all the like the bat, like the dishes, the laundry, the, you know, things that don't need. Because a lot of times when people come, especially in Indian culture, I can talk about what happened with me. Is everybody wants to spend time with the parent. Like everybody wants to spend time with the baby. You know, <laughs> everyone's like, can I hold the baby? Can I do this? But it's like they forget that, like, the baby's going to still need that mom and breastfeeding, feeding, changing like you barely will hold them for like 10 minutes and then you back off with the mom again, you know, or the parents, depending on the situation. And so it's like when those types of thing comes in, it's just like offering help of like, hey, let me come in and just do your laundry. Let me come in and while the baby's asleep, go go take a bath. I, I'll watch the monitor. I'll just watch the baby monitor for you. You know, it's those types of help that I come in or, hey, let's go for a walk. Like, let's go out and get some vitamin D. Let me help you put the baby in the car seat or the stroller or whatever it is. And let's go for a walk. Because I think but, what happens is that people think of help as if, like, let me have the baby and then goodbye. You're, you know, like, go give them away. You know, you go do something yourself. But in reality, it's sometimes it's just let me be with my child and let me just have some other stuff taken off my load. And that is like when I finally had that help and my mom was a big help for me. Um, but when I finally hired somebody on, um, it was it was night and day with me and my husband because they were able to put the kids in the same routine me and my husband did. When they were feeding, they were able to do it the way we did it. So the consistency showed up. What you're saying, what you're saying, it's interesting. You're using a beautiful example of parenting and help with that, especially when there's so many little ones. But yeah. what you're saying in a bigger sense is if you're going to offer help, find out what is actually needed instead yeah. of bringing your own invention about what you think. So ask questions, listen, find out 
what will actually be of service instead of making assumptions and just doing something that may be a little useful, but certainly not as much as you might have helped. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And asking them, you know, saying, hey, if there's a new mom or dad out there, just and, and they might not know it either, right? But if you come in, and I do this a lot with a, some a lot of my friends who like who has had children, is I would walk in and they were like, "Oh, what do you need?" Would I would ask them? I'd be like, "You guys don't need to do anything. I'm just gonna come in and literally just clean your house. I came here, do your dishes. Let me know where your laundry is. I won't put it away, but I'll fold it and put it in a laundry bin, and." comes in. So that way, when your baby wakes up or when you taking a nap while the baby's asleep, you know, all this is alleviated from you. And I, and I, and when they were asleep, I would just close the door and walk away and they wouldn't even know I was gone because it's those types of stuff that when you're in that place of service that you were talking about, it really does give that person permission to ask what they really need. Ooh, now that's a good one. I'm going to take this example that you're using with your kids, mm-hmm. and we might come back to the special needs part in a minute. But I also know you're a coach, which, yes. you know, I am too. How, how important is that skill of finding out what is really going on instead of either superficially assuming or even taking the first answers because maybe people don't know how to explain what they need or they're afraid to, or this or that. How important, because I think of coaching as, you know, we're in the people helping business, right? Right. So how important is that to listen and to find, find out that stuff? Oh, it's, it's so important. I, the number one thing I coach around a lot of my clients, whether it's parents with special needs or, you know, the nurses that the nurse coaches that I'm helping or even the large organizations that I work with is finding your why. You have to know why you're coaching and why you're doing things because that's how you're able to stay in service. Like you can't go out to the world and say, hey, I'm a coach. Well, what are you a coach of? Well, I can do 10 different things. That's great. But why? Why is that so important? And why is that dear to your heart. Like I know helping parents with special needs is dear to my heart because I got three, I'm living it. I'm in that process of it. And I know the struggles or the silent struggles that I faced that I wouldn't want. Or if other people are facing it, I don't want them to feel alone. So it's a very big with their answer to your question. It's, it's all, that's what coaching is. Like you really want to find your purpose and their rationale of why then you're able to really relate to your clients. How, how do you go about, I know you know this, you ask maybe a company, so an HR person or the CEO or the C whatever, oh, that's you're, you're, you know, you're dealing with in the C, yeah. well, it could be anybody, you know, it depends on yeah. how the organization's structured. I know I've been there, I've been a C-suite, so it just depends. Mm-hmm. But how do you guide? Because like somebody that's dealing with a problem, well, I need get rid of this absenteeism or I need to, we got, we got turnover problems or there's a grumpy set of something, you know, they, and they right. talk about it in the first level. How do you take people through a process to get to the, the deeper level issues, the why, as you're calling it, which I love, 
Uh, talk to me a little bit about like teach a little bit. How do you do that to get to a place where they realize they finally landed on something solid? Yeah. So the grumpy, I'm going to, I'm going to utilize the grumpy syndrome because that's actually the best one to use. Actually, <laughs> okay. You'd be surprised I believe how many it. grumpy people are out there. Okay. No, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> it's, it's really, it comes in. So I'm going to use the grumpy <clears throat> syndrome. And when we talk about somebody and someone comes to my presence and they're just upset and everyone's like, this person's difficult to work with. We're having issues. This comes in. And honestly, the answer is the power of listening. The minute I put them in the room and the minute I say, you know what? This is a safe place. This is confidential. Whatever you feel that's coming from your heart, what's the one thing you want to release? Within four or five minutes, I guarantee I have people crying on my calls or in person and has absolutely nothing to do with the company. I had a patient or I had a client who was, again, in this grumpy syndrome. And this particular client who was also in the C-suites was going and they were having a, a relationship issue. Him, uh, the spouse or the partner, they were in the contemplation of a divorce, but they didn't want the company to know. And the minute I came in and this particular person came to me and they said, you know what? Out of all 10 people who have placed me in the room, you're the only person who has asked me, how are you doing? And how are you really doing? Then I ask, how are things at home? And do you want to talk about it? And bam, it just cried. And the minute that they released it, and there's just like all these problems came out, all these silent struggles. And the thing was, is that this particular person was like, I wanted, I didn't want my team to see how much pain I was in. And so the grumpiness came out. <laughs> the grumpiness came out because it was just like, oh, there he is again. And everything bothered this person because he didn't speak his truth or she or she did not speak his truth. And it's a true magic when you really sit, sit somebody down, slow their minds down and just give them a place and let them speak whatever it is on their heart. You'd be surprised with how much people just all they want is to be heard. And the minute I released that and we had, we talked about their silent struggles and we worked a couple of sessions and he wasn't grumpy anymore. He came back happier. He came back more in spirit. And I remember the C-suite asking me, they go, well, what did you do? What happened? And I said the same thing. All I did was listen. One of the things that we do in our either competitive society or because we think we need to prove something or because we're worried all the time about what somebody else is thinking or whatever it is, is we don't learn how to listen. We don't learn to do that. And if we do, we're mostly just being silent, but we're not listening. Right. So when you think about uh, learning to listen, to make, I mean, there's several parts. It's not only yeah. the invitation to listen, but enough silence mm -hmm. so that there's space for them to talk and making a place safe so they feel like they can talk. What do you do to, to, to learn, to unlearn those other habits 
and to learn to listen yeah. openly without worrying about anything. Talk about how to do that, because I think that's a really important skill, and you do it, you have it. How did you learn to do that? So, honestly, I, I really do believe I was I was gifted this. This was gifted to me by a higher being because of my children. I don't think I would have this level of listening if my son, my eldest son, Rohan, was born. Because he was nonverbal. He was mute for two and a half years. And we had to learn just by his cries. I had to listen real finely of which cries meant what. Or if his, his nonverbal cues, right, his facial grimaces. I was able to learn him so well that I had to adapt. And I think because of that, I'm able to utilize that same superpower that I've learned with other people where I'm able to really express and I can tell when somebody wants to go deeper and I'll ask them, do you want to go deeper? It's always the asking of permission. And majority of the people within 15 minutes, they're telling me their entire life story um, comes in. And when the minute I hear something that recap it, to listen them back. And they're just like, wow, you got all that in 15 minutes plus more. Because I'm not only just this listening to the words, I'm listening to the in-between pauses. I'm listening to their facial expressions. I'm listening to how they breathe. I'm listening to their tonations in their voice with when they become super strong and they're passionate to when they become super subtle. And, other, and you can hear the crack in their voice and you're just like, mm, I'm touching something here. Maybe we need to go deeper with that. And it's, I really do believe it's just, it's from the power of me being a mom with Rohan. So that's a, that's a fascinating, so 100% agree about the listening, 100% believe that that is a gift. We all have different gifts and talents and I think that's what makes the world so beautiful is the opportunity to add good to the world with the gifts that we have. And you've combined that. I talk about a triple helix, you know, your existing skills, which is your nurse and medical skills, your gifts, which you had and then developed with your children. You must be a special woman to be gifted with three special children. And I believe that sincerely. And then your life experience, those three things, you know, your skills, gifts, and life experience gives us each the the powerful, uh, most powerful thing that we can offer to the world in our being our authentic selves. Yeah. So tell me about the kinds of uh, programs like you've talked about coaching, you've talked about nurses, you've talked about parents of children mm -hmm. with special needs, you've talked about your own journey. And what that's come to is you've now become a person who who offers the learnings that you have in different ways to the world. Tell me about that. Yeah, I have now two parts to my business. And um, the Real Life with Special Kids is where I developed a whole program around helping parents with special needs or special children. And I incorporated that in large organizations. So I'm really helping with the silent struggles of things. And um, hold on, Sandeep. And, you know, really going through having a having a real life connection with that and 
really being able to incorporate that into like large organizations, right? So and, let me say that back. What mm-hmm. that says is you you <clears throat> are a fixture in a large or uh, in an organization of some size, mm-hmm. and what you offer is for those in that organization who are parents of special children, you offer support, insights, the kinds of things yep. that they can't get in another way. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's the silent struggle. So when I'm, I'm, I became an added benefit to large organizations where they hire me on, um, yes, my, my specialty is parents with special needs, but I'm able to help anyone through a large transition or a difficult transition or people who are having those silent struggles because it's all relatable, right? Everything is relatable in those terms. And it's a unique program. And the, and it's very much me, myself, and, and my team. The company hires my entire staff. And what we do is that if a, an employee is struggling to an extent or they have some whatever silent struggles that they're facing, they're able to outreach our company and we get a live person on a call within 48 hours. That's our guarantee. And so that- does that mean like a, a company pays you like a retainer so that you're available to call? Yep. So mm-hmm. you're they pay you a retainer, they have your phone number and credentials. And yep. when someone's having one of these silent struggles, which I wanna talk about in a minute, but they're having a silent struggle. And so they say, okay, because you work for us, you have this special resource. So here's the number to call, and then uh, you either get them on a Zoom or whatever. Right. And yeah. your your offering as a company is within 48 hours, we'll call this person back to help them with this thing. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. And the retainer is more of like I go by person, so it's really as a needed basis. So they they pay me per uh, you know each employee or however it is, and that's really depends on every employee or every company is different. But mm-hmm. with this large company that I'm working with, Dome Construction is one of them. What I do is I become an added benefit to the entire organization. So I'm embedded into their resources. I'm embedded into orientation. I have a video of my services, of what I provide. And they and so that way, when somebody comes on, it's a real good service because then the company doesn't have their turnover rates are so low because they're feeling valued. And if they're having these struggles or these, whatever it is that's going on in life, they're able to access to me. And if they're taking their time off throughout the day, it's not shown as a, oh my God, you're talking to nurse coach Bina. It's more of like, Hey, I'm proud of you. Good job. Go ahead and talk to nurse coach Bina. I'll see you in an hour. And it's confidential and it's, it's a good thing. And it's been a blessing because not only have I helped so many parents with special needs in multiple organizations, but I'm also able to help other people in so many different ways. And unfortunately, it's, I mean, the cost is like for a company, my cost is not as great as to people who are still struggling financially. And and especially in this age, especially here in the Bay Area, you need two incomes. I mean, it's expensive. And this is such a good way for the company to give back to their employees so they feel their employees feel valued, heard, supported, and that they feel like their their employers really do value them and they really do value their mental health. 
That's a that's a thing, you know. It's a beautiful thing. Until I met you, I didn't know the term nurse coach, and right. so I love I love that. And now I've heard it in many other places, and it's because we talked about it, it's like the red car thing, right? Right. You go buy a red car, and then everybody's got a <laughs> red everyone car. Everyone has a red car of your model, right? Your yeah. model red car. So I know that you have 18 years as a nurse, and now that you you do this precious work that's been empowered by your own work. Uh, own experiences as a as a uh, as a mother of special needs, with a husband who travels a lot, which adds you know adds even another dimension to it. Uh, tell tell us if someone wants to learn. I want two questions, but I'll do them one at a time. How okay. can somebody find out more about you and the services you offer? Okay, so for me, uh, my website is beinanursecoach.com. Or they can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram is hashtag Nurse Coach Bina. Um, and then on Facebook is just my first and last name, Bina Bendale. And really, like, it's really me and the DMs. So a lot of people think it is not a robot. It is me and the DMs. So if you message me, it will be me messaging you back. Um, and if you email me, it will be me emailing you back. Or if you come on my website, I have everything, all the information I have is all over my website, which is which is beinanursecoach.com. Bina, B-I-N-A, and then nursecoach.com. So that's wonderful. How do you go about uh, talking to companies who don't yet have this mm-hmm. additional benefit to explain the difference, for example, between employee assistance programs or... Uh, career counselors, you know, other things that someone who's not educated enough or doesn't have the right experience would put in the same blob. Right, How do you right. help them understand the difference? What I tell them is that one, we are guaranteed within 48 hours. And mm-hmm. a lot of these other companies take anywhere, for, they might take a couple of calls before you're actually able to get on a live call. So that's the number one difference. The second one is, is that we are all trained nurses. They, we, everyone in my company are board certified nurse coaches, where a lot of them are trauma certified, um, healing certified. We have a lot of other certifications that we do not give any medical advice. Nurse coaches, we don't give any medical advice, but we are able to give them the support that they would need, just like they would come in the nurse or at an ER or at bedside. And you have that true compassion of having a actual nurse physically be with you in that company. And that alone goes a long ways because as we know, nurses are the one minus teachers. I always want to give credit to teachers that besides the teachers, like nurses are a really well-respected profession. And we are trusted the number one trusted profession in the world and why not have a nurse a specialized nurse that knows how to handle a lot of mental health and how to empower not only deal with the bad but to truly empower people to being their better self it's a win-win for the companies because no one's going to want to leave your company because they want to be empowered and they want to feel heard I love that. That that it's an important distinction for me that I make often, and that is, doctors, nurses, in one capacity, repair something that's broken. When you add the coaching aspect to it, it's taking something to a more productive, a higher level, more capacity, better person. Show up as your better self. All those sort of cliche words that we throw around. 
But it really is moving from, not from broken to okay, but from okay to exploring greater opportunities, possibilities, and so forth. And I guess I can see that easily. A company that, uh, if I had, I never did. But if I worked for a company that provided that kind of thing, I can really see how it would be a sign that they cared and wanted to keep me around and cared about how I did. Yeah. So I, I love that. Um, what did I forget to ask you that would be really important for us to know? Hmm. Not hundred percent sure. I feel like, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot. I mean, I can talk a lot for every, a lot of different things. <laughs> uh, that's not the point. I just, often there's something like if you had to leave me with something, uh, you know, with something to, to go with, like, like, tell me what that is so that I give you the chance to say whatever's most important on your heart. Use your voice is the number one thing I tell people is your voice is powerful. Your voice is your voice. It speaks a lot of words and it has a lot of value. And you are able if you have to use your voice for these kids who are silenced or for anyone who is silenced, don't go, don't go backing down because you are a voice for not only you, but then you're also a voice for many, many people. And that alone is empowering. That's the biggest thing. Thank you, Vina. I want to thank you for being with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. My dear listeners, I want you to take the opportunity to think about what we've had here today. We have a person that's right in the middle of a life of living service with kids with special needs, three of them, and taking her skills and talents both as a nurse and a mother and a coach and a lover of people to serve those who are yearning to make the most of themselves, not just handle difficult situations, but to grow, to satisfy that yearning we all have, to move forward and create our ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet on the ground.